Would you turn with me please this evening to the book of Matthew. Let's use our faith tonight. Believe the Lord. Utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. I've got my part, but you've got your part. And um, you can make my part easier or harder. And I could make your part harder or easier too. Hmm? <laughs> so what do you mean by that? Well, you know, if i am uh, got no anointing and no revelation, well, that's harder to listen to. <laughs> right? And receive from. And I could be all prayed up and read up and built up, but if you're half asleep and don't care, well, that makes my job hard. But if I do my job, you do your job, you know the Holy Spirit's going to do His job. He is so faithful. Amen. And His will will be done. This is week of what? Week of stay the same. No, no. Week of what? Week of increase. increase. Somebody say increase. increase. What's God's will for your life? Increase. increase. God's will for your walk with Him and your fellowship with Him and your prayer life and your faith is increase. God's will for your family and your marriage. Increase. God's will for your personal finances. Increase. God's will for your ministry. Your church. The fruit of your ministry. Number of people. Increase. 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 That's not going backwards. That's not going down. That's not staying where you are. That's advancing. Somebody say, we're coming up. We're increasing. Glory to God. The psalmist said the earth, excuse me, the heaven, even the heaven of heavens is the Lord's. But the earth has he given to the children of men. And that the Lord who made the creator of heavens and earth will increase us more and more, us and our children. Is that true? Have you read that in the Psalms? Said out loud, he will increase me. More and more, more me and my children. Glory. That's Bible. It is written. We should believe it. We should expect it. And so this is week of increase. It'd help us just to go around saying increase. Increase. I'm on the increase. In every good thing. I'm on the increase. Glory. Matthew 6. Phyllis and myself as children and as young married adults didn't enjoy a lot of prosperity. You know, my parents and grandparents and their parents before them weren't what you'd call rich. I mean, we didn't go hungry, praise the Lord. But, you know. You'd read the Sears catalog back when it had good and better and best. Anybody remember that? <laughs> and we just hardly ever looked over in the right column at the, at the best because that was for somebody else, rich folks. 
Well, if you're always talking about rich folks, what does that mean? <laughs> you ain't. You're talking about the rich folks this and the rich folks that. You're not talking about yourself in your mind. And that's one area we need mind renewal. Isn't it? We need to identify with what the word says we are, no matter what we feel like or look like. We've learned that about being saved, and a lot of us have learned it about being healed. But many, many Christians and charismatics, the word and faith folk, hadn't learned it in the area of prosperity. We've learned that you can look sick and feel sick and have a negative report and still say, I call myself healed. I am the healed of the Lord. You can mess up and make some mistakes and feel bad about it, but you know you confessed it and you know he forgave you. So you stand up and say with all, even tears still on your cheeks, you stand up and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He's cleansed me. He has forgiven me. You don't have to feel like it. Don't have to look like it. Huh? And you may not have acted like it recently, but you can identify with what he said that you are in him. And what he says you are, you are. Well, did you know that just like it said, he took your sins and he carried your sicknesses and pains. Did it not also say that though he was rich, yet he became poor so that you through that poverty might be made rich? Did he do it? Then is it so? Then you're just as rich as you are righteous and healed. It's not based on the dollar amounts in your accounts. And you can tell, you know, people still do it by the millions. Even people that believe in prosperity on paper, they're reading along and they're reading like in 1 Timothy 6. And it says, let those that are rich in this world not be high-minded. And they'll read that and go, yeah, you know, those rich people shouldn't be. When's the last time you read something like that and you thought, yeah, I got to watch that? Huh? See, if you're not thinking that way, you're not identifying with being rich. People say it like it's a dirty word. They don't want to identify. Christians for centuries have purposely not identified with rich. And so we're dealing with that. But we can get our minds renewed. It'd help you just look in the mirror and go, rich, 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 I'm rich. I'm rich, you're rich. Look yourself in the mirror and go, you are rich. You're rich, 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 you're rich. I'm rich. He became poor. Did he? So I could be made rich. And I am. Before I look like it, before I feel like it. Just like when you get your healing. Right? It's exactly the same thing. But before it changes in your hand, in your pocketbook, in your accounts, it's got to change in your soul and in your mind and in your mouth. You got to see yourself different from poor. Got to get rid of this poverty, rake by, scrape by, never have enough mentality. That's the challenge. It's not a challenge for God to get it to us. The challenge is getting us changed, our thinking changed. Our believing changed how we see ourselves and our expectation. So are we going to stay where we are? 
Are we increasing? Increasing. 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 Say it out loud. We're increasing. We're increasing. We're increasing. 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 Well, as I was saying, you know, even after Phyllis and I got married, even after we went to Bible school, just scraping by. I mean, you know, be in meetings and, and want to give even a little bit and have nothing. I mean, not be able to get gas, not be able to buy groceries. You ever been there? And uh, we experienced some of that kind of stuff month after month and year after year. And then, you know, if you're barely making it and something else happens, then what happens? You get behind. You ever been half a nostril above water? <laughs> well, it don't take much of a wave, right, <laughs> to uh, put you under. And if you were barely making it before the problem, how do you maintain and catch up when you were barely making it to start with? And so we were there, and we got behind. And I mean... This is after I've been to Bible school and I know some things about prosperity. And this happened month after month and year after year till I got tired of it. <laughs> huh? Amen. You know, you've got to get fed up with this stuff or else you're going to have it the rest of your life. You cannot be passive about it. I got fed up and Phyllis got fed up with being broke all the time. Hmm? As long as you will tolerate being sick all the time, you're going to be sick all the time. As long as you will tolerate being broke all the time, you're going to be broke all the time. And we got millions of people that say, well, it's just whatever the Lord wants. I mean, I, you know, I guess it's not his will. This is just what he's chosen for me. No, that's being spiritually lazy. No, you got to get some faith and you got to get something in you. Got to get some courage in you, some strength in you, right? Get something in you that'll get you up out of your chair and begin to possess the land. Hmm? Somebody say, possess the land. land. You know, the first uh, generation of God's people that he delivered out of uh, Egyptian bondage, they didn't do it. They went to their tents and they cried and they said, it's too big and it's too hard and we all going to die out here. In other words, they're saying it wasn't meant to be. Well, I'm going to perish out here. And they did. And it took a whole other generation that was fed up with living in the desert. Hmm? And just living meal to meal. And just scraping by. When they knew over there, there's grapes, the clusters it takes two men to carry. Oh, there's palm trees, there's oasis, there's everything else. And God already said it's yours. There had to be a generation that got fed up with it. And said, I ain't living all my life being sick and broke. If it was God's will, I'd submit to it. But it's not God's will. In fact, he already bought my healing and paid for it. He already bought my prosperity and paid for it. And if he bought it and paid for it, by the grace of God, I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it. Right? you got to get that way. You cannot be passive. 
And just wait and see what's going to happen. Well, whatever will be, will be. Hmm? Come by here, Lord, if you want to. You know, don't forget me, precious Jesus. <laughs> That's not the kind of people, the woman with the issue of blood didn't get healed by laying in the house singing kumbaya. Did she? Did she? No, she didn't. No, blind Bartimaeus. Hmm? Didn't get healed by staying at the house and saying, Lord, whatever you want. It's just a, no, they got up, they got out, they pressed through the crowd, they yelled, Jesus, I got to have it. (laughs) You got to get to the place where you are unwilling to live this way. Are you with me now? You got to get a fire in your belly about it. You can't be passive or neutral or whatever, whatever. We need to break ourselves from saying stuff like that. Not okay for your kids to say it either. Whatever. That's not all right. Nope. Not whatever. It's what is the will of God. That's what it is. And that's what we're going to have. And you got to set your faith after it and be to the point where you it doesn't matter to you what you got to do, how long it takes. You are going to have it. And you are going to see And experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This side of glory. Hmm? Amen. And uh, thank God we had gotten enough word in us that we were unwilling to be satisfied with that kind of a subsistence. And I remember one day coming in. And falling across the bed, I, I, it was just, it was working in me. I mean, I had come up against it for the thousandth time. Not enough. Not enough. Couldn't do this. Couldn't do that. Couldn't go here. Couldn't take care of it. Couldn't be a part of that. Couldn't get involved with that. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Can you see what bondage this is? Why the devil wants us so broke? Why? Because no money can't do anything, can't help anybody, can't go anywhere, can't be a part. It's bondage. Just like sickness. If you're sick enough, you can't do anything. If you're broke enough, you can't do anything. Ah, oh, but if you're healthy and got plenty of money, you got the strength, you got the means, you can go, you can do. The devil knows this. He wants the whole church to be sick and broke. Keep us from doing what God told us to do. But it's already been bought and paid for. Our healing. And our prosperity. I mean it was portrayed in the type. When he brought his people out of Egypt. Don't you remember what the Bible said? He brought forth his people. With what? Silver. And with gold. And there wasn't one feeble person. Among their tribe. What needs to happen when you come out of the world? Well the first thing you need. Is to be healed and have plenty of money. So you can go on now and do what God's called you to do. Either one of these areas. I know people make fun of us and call us that health and wealth gospel. Well, what kind of gospel would it be? Broke and sick gospel? That don't work. Gospel is good news. 
even if you got money and you could afford to do something, if you're sick enough, you don't feel like it. You're not able. You don't have the energy. And even if you're healthy and got good strength, but ain't got no money, can't afford to do it, can't get out of town. Oh, but full of health and lots of money. Got God, got health, got money. We'll travel. We ready? Show us what to do. Right? And if you got enough resources, it loosens up your time. If you're not having to work four jobs, or even having to work two, or you got your one cut down to half, you're spending half the time making five times the money. Huh? Let me tell you what freedom is. <laughs> what freedom is. Get up in the morning. Say, Lord, what you want me to do? And be able physically, spiritually, and economically to go anywhere. Stay as long as you need to. And do anything. That's freedom. I know Brother Copeland said when they were believing for their international aircraft that they have gotten and it's wonderful and they're flying all over the world right now with it. And uh, he said, the Lord told him, he said, if I want to tell you to get up in the morning and go to China, I don't want you to have to ask anybody, can you go? If we have control of assets, then God has control of them because we'll do what he tells us to do. And the devil hadn't wanted us to know this, and still a bunch of the church thinks something's wrong with us because we talk like this. But we can't help that. (laughs) And if they don't want to go along, well, that's, you know, if they're going to be satisfied with it, that's them. But not us. Not us. Now think about it. If Jesus, let me back up a little bit. You know, if I went and bought you a new suit or a new car, And paid for it. Would it be okay for you not to enjoy it? Huh? I bought it. I paid for it. It's there under your name. It's not somebody else's. It's yours. Would you be being humble? By not picking it up? Would there be anything gained by you not enjoying it? No. In fact, it ain't right. You wouldn't be honoring me. You wouldn't be respecting me. Maybe I sacrificed so you could have that. And it would mean that my sacrifice was for nothing. If you're not enjoying it, Jesus took the stripes. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. If he paid for it, and what a price. If he paid for it, I'm going to have it. Whatever it takes, as long as it takes. For me not to have it and you not to have it is not to honor what he's done and appreciate. He became poor. He left. What did he leave? To come to earth and be a man. What kind of riches? What kind of splendor? And then even in this life, you know, they took away his clothes at the end. He's hanging up there. He became poor. Why? Not so we could glorify him being poor. 
so that we might be made. It's a Bible word. It's a New Testament. R-I-C-H. Rich. 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 You're just as rich as you are righteous. You're just as rich as you are healed. Same New Testament. I was preaching along this line one time, and after the service, a fellow met me out in the parking lot at my car, mad, red-faced. I thought he was going to take a swing at me. You know what he's mad about? I kept saying, rich. Man, it made him mad. He said, that ain't right. That ain't all about that being rich. That ain't right. That ain't right. I said, it's in the Bible. R-I-C-H, rich, ain't it? Did I read right? It's in the Bible? Did I read? Have you read it? Rich. Rich. Boy, it made him mad. He he didn't even hear it. It's just like it went right over his head that it's in the Bible. You know why he's so mad about it? Because the devil is mad about it. Oh, he can't stand the thought of you having something. Oh, it bothers him. And people that are close to him yield to him and express that. It's just a fact. Because if you love somebody and they get richer than you, it makes you happy. You go, glory to God, brother, go. Man, do it. You're pleased with it. Do you agree that if he bought and paid for it, we ought to have it? Hmm? Well, now, it doesn't just fall on you automatically. You know, it's just like the promised land. He gave that to them, but there were enemy on it and giants and walled cities. And the enemy tried, would try to keep you out. But by the grace of God, you can go in and possess the land. It may not all happen. It won't all happen in a day or two or a week or two. But you just got to make up your mind, I'm having it. I'm having my healing. I'm having my prosperity. Jesus bought it. He paid for it. I'm having it. I'm having it. Long as it takes, whatever it takes, I'm not trying this. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This is our life. Can you say amen? Well, I, I was pressed in my spirit about this, you know, weary of being broke. And went in our little house and fell across the bed and just shut the door behind me, weeping, moved. I said, God, this is not right. I know this is not right. I've seen enough. I've heard enough. I've already been to Bible school. I've, and uh, already in the ministry. And we're making it. We're not starving, but just scraping by. And it just bothered my spirit because I said, God, this is not you. You are not rake by, scrape by. Barely make it. You are El Shaddai. You, you are the God of abundance and and overflow, and you're too much God. I had seen it, and I said, I know this is not your fault. I know this is not your will. Help me. Have mercy on me. Show me what I don't see. Hook me up with the ministries and the people that I need to. Give me the revelation, whatever I need. And I was sincere, and the Bible says, when you cry out with all your heart, well, he heard me. I said, he heard me. And I didn't get all the answers that day, but immediately I began to get light. I began to get revelation. God, the Spirit of God began to deal with me and teach me about this area. And for five years, seemed like every day, 
He was showing me something else and showing me something else. And I want to take you tonight to the first thing he took me to. (laughs) Are you ready? I'm excited and happy and thankful to say we're not tonight where we were then. Glory to God. We're blessed. We're not raking by. We're not scraping out. We're not where we're going to be. But we're in a completely different place. Completely different place. And I want to tell you what the Lord told me. And the more I learn about it, the more I see this is one of the most important things that you could get a hold of in this area. He dealt with me to go to Haggai. Now, you don't need to turn there right now. Just a couple of chapters. Little book in Haggai. And I read it. And I read it. And I read it. Then he did with me. Read it again. This over a period of months now. I'd read it five times, six times, ten times, twenty times. And he did with me. Read it again. Well, why would he do with you? Read it again. <laughs> you hadn't seen what he's endeavoring to get you to see, right? And I think, ah, oh, help me, Lord. So I'd read it again. I'd read it again. I'd read it, and we may get into it. We'll see. But it talks about how that they they weren't doing good financially, and he dealt with them about building his house. And then he talked about what he's going to do for them. And uh, finally, I don't know how many times I had read it, but I got it. I saw it one day. I saw it. I took out my pen. I said, glory to God, I see it. And I wrote by the title Haggai, I wrote Matthew 6, 33 and circled it. And it was a breakthrough in our life. I knew Matthew 6.33 before then. I had known it. I had quoted it for years. But wasn't really doing it. Did y'all hear me now? I said we had known it, quoted it, referred to it for years. But wasn't really Doing it. It's not what you know. That changes your life. And sets you free. It's what? It's what you do. It's only the doers of the word. Who get the results. Are you in Matthew? Anybody know Matthew 6.33? Huh? Bunch of you could quote it in here. But does that mean all that much? (laughs) No. Uh Uh-uh. What if you've preached on it lots? Don't necessarily mean all that much. It's only what? Only if you are a doer of Matthew 6.33. I believe this is the master key to increase. Right here. What does it say? Matthew 6.33. Are you there? Everybody there? If this is new to you, then you want to circle it and get it in you. Matthew 6. And verse, uh, actually he was talking to them about not taking thought and being worried about what they're going to wear and what they're going to eat. Verse 31, Matthew 6, 31. Take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Focusing on the stuff is a wrong focus. 
Hmm? Isn't it? Focusing on getting my needs met. Now we need to be reminded of this because in word and faith circles we've learned about confession and we've learned about claiming. But if all you're saying all day long is, I believe I received my car, 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 I believe I received my car. Are you seeking the thing? (laughs) The thing. Hmm? I believe I received my house. I believe I received my food. I believe I received my clothes. He said, don't just focus on that and thinking about that. Now, yeah, it's okay to be in faith about it. It's okay to sow. It's okay to make your confessions. But is that supposed to be your main focus? No. What did he go on to say? He said, don't take thought about those things. But do what? But instead of that, instead of focusing on that, verse 33, do what? But seek ye first, first, first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now, you know it's his will for you to have them. Right there. It would have been a perfect place to say, if it was his will, they'll be added. If it's God's plan for you. No, he says all these things. And you can't hyper-spiritualize this. He's talking about clothes. He's talking about food. He's talking about housing, right? All these material, natural things. What will happen? Well, we'll see whatever God's... No, no. Shall be added. Is that increase? Increase. When something's added to you, now you got more than you had before. Wasn't subtracted from you. It was added to you. Shall be added to you. Shall be added to you. Is it God's will? For things to be added to you. A lot of Christians are afraid to even talk like this. And here it is right in the Bible. Who's talking here? Do you remember? Who's speaking? Huh? Could you believe what he said? All these things... Things. 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 Plural. Things. Oh, now, brother, I don't think we ought to talk about things and material. Well, Jesus did. Jesus did. Things. Buildings are things. Land. Equipment, trucks, buses, planes, boats, things, 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 things. But what's the qualifying part? What's your part? What's my part? Seek the things. Focus on the things. Huh? Seek first the things and the things will be added to you. No. Think about the things night and day. Make confessions about the things continuously. No. 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 And yet people have done that in the name of faith. Haven't they? Seeking the things is not the same as seeking the kingdom. Not the same. 
it's fine for you to have the things. Hmm? Hold your place here. First Timothy. Would you turn to First Timothy, please? First Timothy 6. We referred to this, but let's read it. First Timothy 6, 17 says, Charge them that are rich. Who is that? Who's he talking about? Who is this verse written to? All right. Charge them what? Don't be high-minded. Everybody say, yeah, I got to watch that. (laughs) Huh? Don't you uh, act any different in that new car, in that big house, in that big new church building. Huh? With that, you know, triple congregation. Huh? Whatever it is. You, you the same man. Sometimes people try to treat you different. But don't you let that bother you. Don't you let it affect you. And nobody thinks it will change you. But almost everybody. Hmm? People get acting a little snooty and they, you know, now they're too good for this and they can't be a part of that. And that's not up to their standard anymore and they can't abide that and... Hmm? High-minded. High-minded. Somebody said, not me. Not now. Not ever. Now see, this determines how far God can bless you. Because when you start getting that way, He can't keep blessing you. He can't be a party to that. So what happens, the more He pours on you, that's the more humble you should respond. Hmm? And let me tell you a real simple key that will help you to exercise your humility and is an indicator that you're doing what you should be doing, thanksgiving. Humble people are thankful people. And the more God blesses you, what should you do? Thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. Somebody says, man, this is nice. You don't go, yeah, that's how we live. Boy, that's a nice ride. Yeah, that's how I roll. Man, them some nice clothes. Yeah, you know, I always say, clothes make the man. Well, ignorant. Ignorant. Clothes ain't never made anybody. Car don't make a man or a woman. House don't make a man or a woman. Hmm? Don't make you anything. But uh, if you're right, what will you say? Someone says, oh man, that's nice. What will you say? God, he's so good to me. (laughs) Glory to God. I've just been thanking God all day. And all night, every time I come out and get in this thing, I just thank God. I just thank God. (laughs) We were able to sow that, our previous aircraft to another ministry. And we've known him for some time. And, and I saw him six months after that at a conference and, and he caught me. He said, Brother Keith, Brother Keith. He said, this airplane. He said, every time I go in the back and sit down, he said, it feels like God just puts his arms around me. (laughs) He says, I love you. He goes, oh, God. He said, I just thank God. I just praise God all the way. I just thank God. Well, see, God can bless him with some more. Right? No high-mindedness, just thankfulness. And that's an indicator of how well you're doing. When you stop being thankful. 
And you start taking credit for stuff yourself. That's when you're going to cut off your blessing. And he said, nor, he said, to trust. Don't trust in uncertain riches. But, in other words, but trust in the living God who what? The living God who gives us richly all things. Things. Ah, brother, we don't want to be materialistic now. Um, Things. 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 God gives us richly all things to enjoy. I've had people ask me before, well, now, brother, what purpose does that serve? I enjoys it. (laughs) And I got scripture for it, so leave me alone. (laughs) I got stuff serves no purpose. (laughs) Except (laughs) I enjoy it. Hmm? But now let's back up. What qualifies you? What qualifies you? See, people have heard some of these things and they've heard about confession and heard about claiming and got off because all they sought was the things then. It's all they thought about night and day was claiming my things, confessing my things. No, no. Go back to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, what does it say? After all these things, the previous verse, the Gentiles are seeking out people that don't know God. Are seeking after all this stuff. That's what they, you know, their whole time and their life and their week is spent to get some of this stuff. And their energies and they stay awake at night thinking about it. And they work themselves silly and trying to get some of these things. He said, but not you. But you do what? You seek first the kingdom of God and his right ways. Of thinking and doing everything. And then what? And you may not get any things because you serve in me, but you'll be blessed later on. Mm -mm. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? And all these things. Things. I'm going to say, why do you keep saying it like that? Because it's bothering some people. <laughs> and you need to get past it. <laughs> and maybe if you hear it enough, <laughs> you'll get used to it. <laughs> and quit being bothered by it. <laughs> well, I don't care about all that. I don't care about it. Yeah, that's pride. See, you think you're more spiritual than all of us. You're above all this materialism. Only problem, it ain't dawned on you. If you ain't got no things, you can't bless anybody else with any things. You got to have a thing before you can sow a thing. You can't give a thing unless you've received a thing. Right? 
things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will result? What did Jesus, the head of the church, say would happen afterwards? Hmm? Does that mean anything to you? All Jesus said. Jesus said. Jesus said. And if you'll do that, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added to you. And he's talking about material things. Indisputable. Hallelujah. Now that's the difference between you adding them to yourself. When he adds them to you, it's a different thing than you adding them. You can add something to yourself prematurely. Hmm? Through debt you shouldn't have gone into. Through doing something wrong. Right? Through compromising. Through hurting somebody else. There's different ways. You can get it. I mean, you can get a 45 and go take it away from somebody else. There's ways to get stuff. And you can, there's, there's the, you can overextend yourself and you can beg, borrow, and steal and lie and everything. And you can get it. But it won't be a blessing. I said it won't be a blessing. It'll be a burden to you. You know, one way you can tell that you've added something to yourself instead of the Lord adding it to you. Do you want to know? Inability to maintain it. And take care of it. You went to the super expensive restaurant. But didn't have enough to leave a decent tip. You signed the paperwork and got the car home. But can't afford to buy a tire for it. You got the airplane. You ain't got no money to put gas in it. Can't get nowhere. You got the house, can't make payments, and tithe and give. Hmm? Now, does that mean it wasn't God's will for you to have something that nice or that big or that expensive? No, don't mean that at all. What does it mean? It means you've got out beyond your faith. We don't receive according to God's perfect will for us. We don't receive according to what God can do. What do we receive according to? Our faith. And you can do something out beyond your faith. Are you with me now? And if you do, (laughs) you'll notice it. (laughs) By the inability to maintain and do everything else that goes with it. You got that new church building, but it's squeezing you month after month. You're not getting enough money to make the payments. And so you're riding the people and they're unhappy and you're unhappy. (laughs) Hmm? Does it mean God didn't want you to have anything that nice? No, it just means you have added something to yourself out of time. Now, some of these things are part of God's honoring us. 
Part of these things, these increases, and especially these bigger increases and major increases, is part of how God honors us. And adding stuff to yourself prematurely is is tantamount to honoring yourself. Did you hear me? It can be tantamount to you rewarding yourself and honoring yourself like you've been faithful for 20 years and it's only been five. You can add stuff and situations to yourself. Oh, but when the Lord adds it to you. I said when the Lord adds it to you. Sow your seed. And be faithful. And don't faint. And don't quit. And be patient. And stay after it. And in due season. Due season. Which is almost always later than your flesh wants it to be. In due season. You shall reap. Don't add it to you. Don't add it to you. I I, I know. You know how I know this? You know how I've learned some of these things? I've always liked sports cars. And when Phyllis and I got married, man, I spent every extra dollar I had on hot rods and messing with cars. And, and, uh, after we're married in the ministry, I, I went and got one nice car. And the Lord dealt with me. This was during part of the time we're struggling. This is uh, some of the things he taught me during that same period of time. We began to do a little bit better. And I went out and got this car. And uh, had it about a month. Big payments. Big insurance. <laughs> And uh, at this, during this time, we've had some increase. Obviously, we were able to do that. And some other things. We're coming up. We're giving more and, and tithing kind of. Sort of. <laughs> and still struggling. And the Lord dealt with me about it. He said, uh, Keith, he said, I don't care if you have five of these. Talking about that car. He said, but it's not where you are right now. He said, you're trying to act like you're at a place in prosperity that you're not. And it's reflected by your giving. He said, did you think about how these payments and this insurance was going to affect your giving before you signed these papers? See, pastors, listen to me, ministers, when people in your church got trouble with their finances, before you talk to them, have them bring their stuff. See, don't play games with this kind of stuff. What do you owe? Hmm? And be honest about it. Well, I don't have enough money to tithe. Why don't you? It's because back here, you made a decision to allocate money somewhere else. Did you hear me? You made a decision not to seek first the kingdom of God. And now you're suffering for it. And even if somebody bails you out, if you don't change that, you're going to be right back there. 
Now, people don't always shout about this, but I'm telling you this. If you want to come out permanently and go up and keep going up, you got to be a doer of the word. First thing the Lord took me to, Matthew 6.33. Then he dealt with me start reading Haggai. If you'll read it, you'll see. In fact, if you hadn't done it, do it during this meeting. Read Haggai repeatedly. And you'll see what I'm talking about. And he took me to that verse and he said, Keith, you're not doing this. I thought, Lord, I believe in this. He said, I know you do, but you're not doing it. I thought, Lord. He said, in fact, Keith, I'm talking, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside the Lord speaking to me in times of waiting on him in prayer. He said, many of my people know this verse, they quote it, and don't do it. They're not doing it. They're not practicing it. He said that when they get paid, when money comes in, they think, I got my house payment. I've got the kids need shoes. We got insurance. We got groceries. We got the car payment. And somewhere down the list, we need to give something to the church. Already have violated the first principle of prosperity. Did you hear me? Because it is not first. Supporting the kingdom of God is not number one to masses of Christians. Is it? Oh, they'll agree with it. They'll say amen when you read the verse. But when it comes time to write checks, huh? when it comes time to getting paid, mm-mm. every all these other things are before it. You want to know what's first to you? Pull out your checkbook. Look at your roster. See where the most money's going and what order they were written in. What checks were written first and then next? Are y'all with me? I'm telling you what the Lord told me. I was a preacher and he told me, you're not doing this verse. You and Phyllis are not doing this verse. That's the first thing he told me in getting us straightened out. So I set out to make a change. I said, well, Lord, teach me. Help me. He said, it's real simple. <laughs> first means first. first, not second, not third, not later. Not we'll see what we can do after we do. No, no. First means first. And that's when Phyllis and I got a God account. We got a separate account. At our bank. And when money came in, we got paid before we looked at a bill. Now, I know most people are not doing this. But most people are not doing very well financially either. Are they? Before we looked at a bill, before we considered anything else, we took tithe and offering off the top and put it right in that account. And that's God's money. And you don't touch that. You don't pay your bills with it. You don't spend that on yourself or your kids or your anything. That's kingdom money. Hmm? Are y'all with me now? That's kingdom money. Then we look at, you know, what our obligations are with the rest of the money we have. Selah. (laughs) Now you can know that. And you can make notes about that. And you can buy the DVD tonight. And 20 years later be brokered and you are right now. 
Unless what? Unless you become a a doer of the word. Well, the Lord began to deal with me about this car. And I like this car. It was a month old. And the Lord dealt with me. He said, uh, you didn't put me first when you signed that contract. I thought, really? He said, did you think about it? Did you put the pencil to it? You've been talking, you and Phyllis been talking about you want to increase your giving. You want to put more, a larger percentage of your income into the kingdom of God. Yeah. Well, what kind of bite is this car taking out of it? Is this affecting your giving? Well, it was. I said it was. He said, Keith, I don't care if you have five of these. But it's not where you are right now. I said, I got it. Sorry. I'll sell it. And I did. And Phyllis had a car that somebody had given us, and I rode with her for a year and a half. (laughs) She was nice enough to let me ride, take me places. And it was good for me, too, because I'd had a car since I was 13. I know that's young. You get used to having your own ride. And uh, I had to put my flesh under. Hmm? That was good for me too. Are y'all with me now? And I had a pickup. The Lord said, sell that too. So sold my pickup. And when I did that, I'm thumbing. I'm riding with Phyllis. And he told me, he said, Keith, I don't care if you have a fleet of these later. But it's not where you are right now. He said, your emphasis, your priority for me to bless you must be my kingdom. That must be first. You're using, if you're using more of your faith to believe for a car payment than you are the kingdom. Do you see that? Hmm? If it's using more of your faith and your focus and more of your confession and, and energies to believe for your things, payments, then for the kingdom, it's not first. The kingdom's not first. And everybody's flesh is the same. Your flesh wants stuff. And when does it want it? Now, right now. Last week would have been even better, right? Your flesh never wants to hear about due season. Huh? Does it? So we did. We sold that, and we uh, we sold the other, and we put our faith on the Sears bill and paid that off. And instead of just going in debt for something else, we took that money and became a partner with another ministry. Amen. Did you hear me? Yes. Instead of sending Sears fifty dollars a month, we were sending that ministry fifty dollars a month. And we took that money we've been spending on car payments and doubled our partnership with two other ministries that had been tremendous in our life. Did you hear me? And so we we didn't eat out every night. Hmm? You know God wants you to be blessed, but it's pride to try to act like you're at a place that you're not. Isn't it? And through pride and ignorance, you can add stuff to yourself prematurely. I don't know that we've talked enough about this. Hmm? 
Yes, it's God's will for you to be blessed. Yes, it's God's will for you to eat the good of the land and have the very best of everything. Yes, yes. But you're supposed to put his kingdom first. First, first, so that there's not even a close second. Right? And anybody could look at your life, look at your balance in your checkbook, look at everything, and wouldn't have to ask you, is the kingdom of God first? They can tell. It's there on paper. It's in your life. It's evident. <laughs> Some of the looks I'm getting across the crowd. <laughs> you know, if we draw your picture during some of this, just look straight ahead. Don't look sour and go, because mm, we'll, we'll know something's up. Just look straight ahead and go, amen, Brother Keith. Yeah, amen. Somebody needs to hear this. And if you need to, when you get home, fall across the bed and go, oh, God, oh, God, that was me. I got to repent. That's twin you and the Lord. But in here, just be cool. Be cool. Just <laughs> stay focused and smile and go, amen. Yeah, Brother Keith, somebody needs that. Go ahead. Somebody needs that. <laughs> and I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm telling you what happened to me, to Phyllis and I. And so we increased our partnership and we became partners with other ministries in the kingdom of kingdom business, kingdom business, supporting. And we increased, and this happened for a couple of years. We tightened our belt. Hmm? I said we tightened our belt. We eliminated debts. And instead of going in more debt, we looked at that as money loosened up for the gospel. And I didn't feel deprived because I kept telling myself. They make new ones every day. <laughs> Talking about these cars and this stuff. They make new ones every day. And the new ones are improved. <laughs> and if I want to later on, I'll have three of them. <laughs> but right now, I got to put the kingdom first. And get, you know, get increased to that place. Where that the Lord could add it to me. Instead of me just adding it to myself. You know, if your sowing gets big enough and your reaping gets big enough, that little stuff will be taken care of. Right? As a side thing. But it can't be the front thing, the primary thing. And uh, it wasn't but a couple of years later. The Lord put me in a car that was better than that. And had a few miles on it, but it was a wonderful price. And it just felt better. The Bible said the blessing of the Lord does what? The blessing of the Lord makes rich and what? He add, it adds no sorrow. With it. When he adds something to you, it's just all blessing. It's not a problem to maintain it and to keep it up and to do it. Why? Because you didn't add it to yourself. He added it to you in due season. It came the right time. And it came the right way. Can you say amen? amen? What you've got and how much you've got is not the deal. It's how you got it. I said it's how you got it. And you can get it the right way, right time, or you can get it the wrong way. And the wrong time. And the central issue, seek ye first. First. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Say it out loud. Seek first. Number one, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's thank God for a minute about that. Lord, we thank you.
you are so good to us. Thank, I thank you for giving Phyllis and me that light those years ago. I know you brought us out. Thank you for showing me that. Thank you for having mercy on us and everybody in this room and outside this room. Thank you for bringing us up, showing us how to prosper. It's you who gives us the power to get wealth. It's you. It's you who increases us as we seek first your kingdom. Hallelujah. So what should I think more about? Talk more about? Hmm? The kingdom of God? Or the stuff? The things? Or the kingdom? Kingdom. Yeah, make your confession about your car, your house. But not all day long. Hmm? Make it. Thank God for it. And then what? Focus. The most of the time, you're thinking about, we're going to give more. We're going to sow more. We're going to be a bigger blessing, right? That's my main thing. This other stuff is way down the list. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what would happen to you? You'll be blessed when you get to heaven. You will, but no, that's not what he said. Huh? Oh, you'll get some great rewards when you get to heaven. No, you will, but that's not what he said. What did he say? They were talking about things. Clothes and houses and food in here and now. He said, if you'll put first, he said, the whole, the Gentiles, the unsaved world, that's what they're looking for. Every day they're getting up, going to work. They got to make money, pay their bills and, and get their house and, and for the school and for all that. He said, that's what they live for. That's how they live. Not you. Not you. You don't live like that. Hmm? We need to renew our minds. We should not work for a living. No. The result of our work is seed. Seed. How do we live? We live by putting the kingdom first and sowing and reaping. And God is our source. You know, I read years ago during this time when the Lord is teaching me about this subject, I read about a man named R.G. Letourneau. Anybody ever read about him? Or He's called the father of the uh, modern bulldozer. He was one of the first men to put uh, rubber tires on some of this heavy earth-moving equipment. And God gave him supernaturally designs for the big stuff, this big earth-moving stuff. He thought he was going to be a missionary. He did. And was all primed to go to another country and serve God and reach people. And the Lord got across to him, no, that's not my plan for you. And he realized he's supposed to be a businessman. Can you make a difference in the kingdom of God as a businessman? So many people should be getting this, and I'm talking about worldwide, and they're not. They don't see it. He saw it. He said, well, okay, Lord, I'll do it. He said, but you got to be my partner in this thing front to start, and I'm going to commit to you. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to tithe personally, and I'm going to tithe out of the business. And I'm going to believe you to hook up with me in this thing and help me do it. Show me how. Bless me. Well, he did. And as the years went by, he increased. And instead of sowing 10%, he sowed 15. And then sowed 20 and kept 80. And then sowed uh, eventually 50% in the kingdom and kept 50%. And eventually, uh, when enough time passed, he had completely reversed it. 
And he was putting 90% into the kingdom of God and living like a king on 10%. Man, I mean, this was years ago. And the man had airplanes and mansions and all, all kind of stuff. He'd go to a country that didn't have roads and he'd take all this heavy equipment down there and build them roads and build them a church and build them a school and just leave all the stuff down there for them. But people fuss about tithing. Do we have to tithe, Brother King? Under the new covenant, I just don't see it. (laughs) Yeah. And notice how broke all these folks are. No, he had a vision for increasing. Did he have a heart to put the kingdom of God first? Oh. Must have given 90% and living on 10. You can live good on 10% of 20 million a year. Did I lose somebody or, huh? <laughs> Brother Kenneth Hagin, my father in the faith and several of yours, uh, he said some time ago a fellow came that had gotten a friend of his was pastoring and, and he's doing about to go under in his business and he told him about tithing his pastor did and he began to come up and making good money and, and his tithe checks just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And finally he came to the pastor. He said, I want to talk to you about something. He said, what? He said, I just feel like these tithe checks are just getting too big. He said, you know, for me to just bring them and put them in here, I, I don't know what's bothering me. He said, I want you to pray with me about this. So the pastor took his hand and said, okay. He said, Lord, this is too much money for this man. You're going to have to cut him back. He's, uh, <laughs> and the man said, no, no, forget it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Would there be any such thing as your tithe getting too big? As your offerings getting too big? Mm-mm. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek what? Seek first what? What? The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? I mean, if you're going to be putting something first, you need to know what you're doing with what is it you're putting first. What is the kingdom of God? Let me read you some definitions. There's two words here. King, dom. Dom is from dominion. You know what a king is. So what would a king dom be? The king's dominion. One definition is the territory subject to the rule of the king. Uh, literally, the kingdom over which God rules. The realm of rule, one definition says, the realm in which God's will is fulfilled. What is the kingdom of God? It is the realm and extent that God has dominion over. Somebody says, well, God has dominion over everything. Yeah. Hmm? Is he really responsible for everything that all the kingdoms of this earth are doing? Hmm? Is his will being done in all the... No, see, that's a good definition, isn't it? What is the kingdom of God? It's where his will is being fulfilled and being completed. Didn't he tell us to pray, thy will be done on earth? As it is in heaven. Well, if it was already being done in its entirety on the earth, he wouldn't have told us to pray that it would be. 
Right? So, the kingdom of God is the realm over which God is ruling. And the realm over which the people involved in these areas are doing His will. And accomplishing His will. What is His will? Go into all the world. Proclaim the gospel. Teach and make disciples of all nations. That the church would be edified and built up. God's will is increase. Isn't it? It's God, the Bible said, that gives the increase. God's will is increase for his realm and dominion. Now, I saw as individuals that Phyllis and I were putting other things first. Instead of the kingdom of God, weren't necessarily thinking we were doing it or just saying it out loud, or, but we were. Our own stuff, our own desires. Yeah, we're going to do something for the kingdom of God, but we're going to go ahead and do this right now. And as soon as we can, as soon as we get caught up with this, as soon as we get this done, then we're going to bless the kingdom. That's what Haggai is all about. If you hadn't read it, you ought to, well. Huh? Go look. Haggai. Now, Haggai may be back there where some of your pages are stuck together. I don't know. For some people. If you'll just go to uh, Malachi and start backing up. You'll get there. Haggai. Verse 2. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts saying. Haggai 1-2. This people say the time's not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Are they saying they weren't going to do it? Uh Uh-uh. What were they saying? Not now. Not right now. You know, we got to get the kids' college money in. Hmm? And we got to get our house. We finished getting that house paid for. And we finished getting this business started. I, I want to go serve in the church and give. But you know, I got this new business. And it just takes time. And I got to do that first. Then you have already violated the master key to God's increase. And uh, they said, the time's not come. To build the Lord's house. And verse 5. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet. And he said what? Verse 4. Is it time for you? Because see the issue was time. It ain't time to put the kingdom first. He said well is it time for you to dwell in your sealed houses? And this house lies waste. It's time for you to take care of your stuff. But it ain't time to build my house I see. Verse 5, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Look at yourself. Look at where you are. You've sown much and you just bring in a little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink and you're not filled with drink. You clothe, but you're not warm. And when you earn your pay, you earn your wages to put it into a bag with holes. Are there believers who never have enough? And it seems like as soon as they get paid, where did it go? Hmm? What do we know? They are not putting the kingdom of God first. People don't like to hear it. They like to imagine something else. I'm telling what the Lord told me. How he straightened us out. And I had been to Bible school. What does that mean? 
unless you're a doer. He said, verse 7, thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. How are we going to get out of this case of never having enough? Always coming up short. How do you break out of that? Build God's house. Hmm? Build his house. Put his stuff first. Quit saying not now. Quit saying one day soon, you know, I'm going to get all my stuff taken care of and I'm going to get all that caught up and then I'm going to really do something for the kingdom of God. No, you're not. You'll never do it that way. You will never do it that way. It will not come. As soon as my ship comes in, honey, ain't no ship coming. Ship ain't left port. As soon as I get ahead, you ain't getting ahead like that. Ten years from now, you still won't be ahead. You'll still be saying, soon as I get ahead. Have you ever heard people always talking about one of these days, uh, one of these days, I'm going to get caught up, I'm going to get ahead, and then we're going to do it. No, you're not. It's a deception of the enemy. Why? Because you're still putting you and your kids and your grandkids and your business and your family and your house and your car and your stuff. And you're saying, it ain't time, it ain't time. Well, is it time for you to do your stuff? He said, go and get the wood and build build my house. And I'll take pleasure in it. And I'll be glorified, says the Lord. He goes on talking. We'll perhaps get into some of this later. But let me touch on this in closing tonight. Seek what first? Hmm? What is the kingdom of God? It is the realm of God's dominion. It is the whole realm where God's will is being fulfilled and done. Is your church the kingdom of God? Hmm? Is this church the kingdom of God? Getting a lot of different responses in the crowd. This is the reason why I'm saying it like this. It's very important. Do you know how many believers they say there are on the planet right now? Approximately two billion with a B. Billion. That's twice the population of the whole country of China. Two B. Billion. Well, how many churches do you think there are? <laughs> and I'm talking about Christian now. Christian churches and Christian ministries. How many do you suppose there are? I don't know yet, so don't, don't wait on the answer. I, <laughs> I've got some things, but I hadn't seen it all enough to say. But if you got two billion, how many would it be? Churches, ministries, hundreds of thousands at least, and millions. Then what part of the kingdom are you? Would you be a thousandth of the kingdom? (laughs) Would all the churches that are represented in here tonight added together? Would be what percentage of the kingdom of God in the earth? 
Hmm? A ten thousandth? No. With two billion believers? So is your church the kingdom of God? No. It is a part. Is this church the kingdom of God? No, it is not. It's a part. Why do you say that, Brother Keith? Because it is a subtlety of the enemy that you think, well, I'm not seeking myself first, but you're seeking your church. I'm putting my church first. Your church is not the kingdom of God. It's just a part. Well, I can see we're going to have fun already, can't you? Hmm? People are not seeking the kingdom of God. Even in ministries and churches, they're seeking to build their kingdom. Their church. Their ministry. Hmm? And they're putting their ministry first. And their church first. But is that putting the kingdom first? <laughs> oh, we're having fun now, aren't we? Would the same thing be true about a church family as a personal family? Hmm? Well, we're taking care of our church, and we're taking care of our uh, buildings, and we're taking care of our members, and we're taking care of our stuff, so we're putting the kingdom first. Mm -mm. You're still putting yourself and your stuff first. Now, this is what the Lord has put on my heart for this week. And I don't know how much shouting you want to do about it. <laughs> but this is what I got. If it would work for an individual family. That when they got their eyes off of their own stuff. And begin to look up. And see the kingdom of God in heaven. Why wouldn't it work for a local church? Or for a ministry. Come on now. To begin to sow outside of itself. Come on now. To begin to have a revelation that there is a big, big, big kingdom of God in the earth. Hmm? Would it work for us? That when we would open, our spirit would open up like that, would that correlate with us opening up to God's increase for us? <laughs> if a church's needs are not being met, if a ministry just raking by, scraping by, year after year, I can't believe that Jesus' words are not coming to pass. He said, if you'd seek first the kingdom of God, all these things would be added to you. That means your church is going to have all its buildings and all its lands, all its money and all its equipment. But isn't it so? 
that many, 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 many pastors and churches and ministries, they are seeking their own churches prosperity and their own ministries and they're calling that putting the kingdom first and it's still being selfish I live for the church I live for my church whose church my church we just lay our life down for our church what part of the kingdom of God is your church If you had 900,000 members, what part of the kingdom would your church be? You are not the kingdom. I'm not the kingdom. Your church and ministry is not the kingdom. My church and ministry is not the kingdom. The kingdom is big. Estimates are right now that today, 60,000 People got saved. Conservative estimates. <laughs> That's throughout the earth today, 60,000, we're the, we're the quickest growing, most powerful thing in the planet. The devil does not want you to know it. He wants you to go in your little corner of your town and hide and come together. And pat each other on the back and talk about the mean world outside. And how special we are. And how advanced our revelation is. And we the only ones left, Lord. Jesus, you got to come back because it's just us. We're the last holdouts. We're the only ones really, really, you know, really believe in you I'm talking about. Got the full gospel. It just does. And maybe one other church I heard about over there. <laughs> does that sound familiar? Who else said that one time? Wasn't there the prophet? He said, Lord, I'm the only one. I'm, a, I'm the last one. Lord, just let me go. Let me come on home and be with you. Because I'm the last. I'm telling you. It's just me. <laughs> I'm the lone one here, I'm, I'm it. The Lord said, no, you're not. No, I got 7,000. I'm sure Elijah fell off his stump. I, I know he did. I know he probably fell off his stump. Like, Seven? F- f- thousand? He had not a clue of how big what he was a part of was. Two billion that we know about, with at least 60,000 being added every day. And new churches starting all over the earth every day. And I don't care what language they speak, I don't care what denomination is over their door, if they're born again, they are our brothers. And they are part of the kingdom of God. And God does not look on this thing and see his special faith people. God is not looking over the earth and goes, oh, there's my faith people. That's my people. No. What part of the kingdom are we? Us charismaniacs. Let's let's name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. What part of the kingdom are we?
a lot smaller than we would like to think. And we've got to wake up and join the party. <laughs> we got to lift up our head and our eyes and our heart and say, God, I want to see what you see. Show me how big this thing is. Hmm? And show me what my part is. I want to put your kingdom first. Uh, we're one person in one place. One, one short life. We're one church. We can't do everything, but we can have a kingdom vision. Right? And we can be open and willing and desirous to do something outside of ourselves. Hmm? I'm telling you. Churches, whole churches, whole denominations, whole ministries are just choked. Because they won't do anything or be a part of anything unless it helps us. Hmm? And I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I want you to be thinking about this and I want you to be praying about it. You going to believe with me for utterance this week? Won't you be believing with me, praying with me, helping me on this? Amen. I'm going to wait on the Lord during the daytime some more, but I, uh, this is big. I'm telling you, it's big. Amen. People are so scared. I, I wish it wasn't this way. I wish I could tell you something different, but I've seen ministry numerous places on the globe, little and big and, and all, all around. And so many people... They try to hide it. They try to cover it. But they're scared. Somebody else is going to get some of their people. They're scared. Well, if they go over there and give in that offering, they, they won't give in mine. Hmm? I can't let them tell about their project in my church because that will hurt my tithes and offerings. Hmm? <laughs> well, I don't I, do I even want to say that? <laughs> and don't even bring up them getting some of my ties. Did you feel that? Oh, watch out, Brother Keith. Well, oh, I'm watching it. I got my eye on it. <laughs> Is your church the kingdom of God? No. Is your ministry the kingdom of God? No. What percentage, what part of the kingdom is it? <laughs> we have to pull out the microscope, don't we? I mean, we. Now we're glad to be a part. Amen. We're thrilled to be a part. Amen. Aren't we? Yes, but what are the requirements for God adding? All things to you. Not seeking first your church. Not seeking first your men. Seeking first his kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. Stand on your feet if you would please. Hallelujah. Well we're having fun now. I can tell we. It's on now huh. <laughs> Would it be different for a church than for a family? The principles of the word. No. 
No. Oh, ha. Lord, pray this out loud after me, please. If you believe it, if you mean it, if you don't, then don't pray it. Father God, I love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. I love your people. I love your kingdom. Your kingdom is number one. First place above all in my life. Your kingdom. I'm asking you. Open my eyes. My heart. My mind. My spirit. To embrace the largeness of your kingdom. Reveal to me. What is your kingdom? What I hadn't seen. Show me. What I haven't understood. Reveal it to me. In Jesus name. And I purpose. To put your kingdom. First. First. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.